I want to share a, a message with you that I heard. This is not unique to Dennis Karp. This is a message that encouraged me these past couple weeks as I saw the enormity of leading a, new, a congregation in a new building, in a new season, and starting to doubt myself as to whether I was the man to do the job. And the message is called, How Big Is Our God? Subtitle, You Can Do This. You Can Do This. So the scripture that I'm reading is a little longer this morning than most. It's 16 verses, but I would ask that you stand with me as I read the Word of God. Reading from the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 1 to 16. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them unto the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains, i.e. they literally had to hide out from their oppressors. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. What Israel sowed, others reaped. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts, but they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Isn't it a shame that it took the depths of sorrow and despair for Israel to cry out to the Lord? I think that may be true for some of us as well. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, 
surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You may be seated. Lots of things going on here. First of all, we're introduced to the disobedience and the judgment of Israel. Seven years of servitude to the Midianites. There's constant incursions into the land. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and those even from the east. And they go all the way and take the land all the way to Gaza, which is in the southwestern part of Israel. They ravished the land, as Ezekiel talked about in the 36th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. Life for Israel was hell. They literally had to hide out in caves, in dens, hiding out from the people who would come in and take what they had sown. Gideon, in fact, finds himself threshing grain at the bottom of a wine press so that they wouldn't see him threshing the grain in hopes that they could keep some of the grain that they threshed. And so, finally, in verse 7, Israel cries out to the Lord. Help! I don't want to raise, you raise your hand. I don't need a show of hands. But ask yourself at this point, I'm asking myself also, how many of us have waited till things were really, really, really bad before we cried out to the Lord for help? I mean, you would think that we would have gotten an inkling of the problem sometime before. But no, we're going to work this out in our own strength. We're going to work this out in our own might. And then when we fail, then we cry out to the Lord. And it was then that they cried out to the Lord. And so a prophet comes to give them, if you will, context about their relationship with God and their situation. He reminds them of who God is. He reminds them of what God did. He reminds them of God's promises. But he also reminds them that you did not obey the one who did and fulfilled and promised. And by, in, in, and by and I'm forgetting the word, he, he basically let them know that the reason for your seven years of servitude was because of your disobedience. The reason for your seven years of servitude was because of your disobedience. And then he comes to a guy named Gideon. Gideon. I want you to understand Gideon's view of himself. First of all, the Lord says to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Now, I don't know about you, but if the angel of the Lord showed up to me in my den and called me a mighty man of valor, y'all would know about it the next Shabbat. <laughs> and the rest of the people in Chosen People Ministries. And all of my supporters. 
I am God's mighty man of valor. But what does Gideon say? It's amazing what Gideon says. Verse 13. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, now if you have your Bibles out, fine. If you don't have your Bibles out, that's okay. In the English, the word Lord there is spelled small l, small o, small r, small d. In the Hebrew, it's Adoni, which is spoken of as a human. In other words, hey, sir. You see, Gideon was so self-absorbed in his lack of ability that he didn't even recognize who was speaking to him. The angel of the Lord, Malach Adonai. He says, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our father told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Isn't it strange? Isn't it terrible? That when our circumstances change because of our disobedience to God, he's the one that gets the blame. And when we don't realize our own deficiencies, we can't even sometimes realize when the Lord himself is speaking to us. And that's the situation Gideon finds himself in. But then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. We'll talk about that in a minute, about how much might Gideon thought he had. Go in this might of yours and you shall Save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you? And then Gideon says, O oh my Lord, if you look in your translations, it's a capital L. He all of a sudden realizes who it is who's speaking to him. But he is still blocked by his own self-image. O oh Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. I know it's you. I know you have a plan. But surely you've got the wrong guy. I mean, of all the tribes in Israel, Manasseh is the weakest. And of all the clans in Manasseh, my clan is the weakest. And of all the families my family's the weakest. And in my family, I'm the weakest. And the Lord said to him, And? So? The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as if they were one man. The message this morning is called, You Can Do It. The message this morning is called, I Can Do It. The message this morning is called, We All Can Do It. Because God's not looking for qualified people, He's looking for available people. And I have three reasons why you can do it. Reason number one, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Verse 12, and the angel of the Lord, Malach Adonai, appeared to him and said to him, 
The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Dear ones, when the Lord is with you, He's got a plan for you. He's not just with you for the ride. He's with you for the adventure. Amen? Even though sometimes that adventure can get a little hairy, the Lord is with you. He has a plan for you. If He's with you, He's got a plan for you. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship. Whose workmanship? Is He the master worker? So let me reread that. We are His masterpiece, which God created beforehand that we should walk in them. Is that the whole reaction I get? When I just told you that God's Word said you're His masterpiece? Go ahead, say it. I am God's masterpiece. And there's still some people in here who didn't say it because they still have that Gideon spirit. Say it. I am God's masterpiece. Look, for many of us, we can't even receive a compliment from a friend or a coworker. That's a really nice sweater you've got on, Dennis. Yeah, well, it's about, you know, eight years old, and uh, I bought it at a consignment shop. It's a little worn, um, but thank you anyway. I didn't ask you about that. I said, you have a really nice sweater. Your response is, thank you. I really like your hairdo. Oh, yeah? Well, I, I, I had an appointment with the hairdresser last week, but she had to um, cancel it because her boyfriend ditched her the night before, and, and I had to do it myself, and I did the best I can. I didn't ask you for all that information. I said, your do looks nice. Thank you. It's a really nice car you're driving. Yeah, I found it on Craigslist. It was like $4,000 less than it should be. It's got a lot of miles, but I got the service records. I would have... Thank you. You are God's workmanship. Thank you. We are God's masterpiece to do what He's provided and planned for us to do whether we are 80 or 8. And so this message, Milani, is for you. It's for all your young friends that are with you. It's for all the adults here that are still acting like spiritual children. You can do what God asks you to do, number one, because God's got a plan for you. Number two, God is strong in you. God is strong in you. Look at verse 14. Then the Lord, Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon's not going with his own plan. Gideon's not going with his own army. Gideon's not going with his own directions. He's going with God's permission 
and plan. And if God has a plan for you, then God is strong in you. And through you. It's not your strength. It's His strength that we're talking about. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says this. This is concerning the time when Paul had the thorn in his flesh. Do you remember? And three times he prayed to the Lord, and this was the answer that the Lord gave him. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. In what? His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Paul gets it immediately, and he goes on to boast about his weakness. And then he continues with this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak in my own strength, then I am strong in the power of God who is in me. Do you know why Gideon was qualified to do what God was asking him to do? Because he understood his own weakness. He just didn't know what to do with it. But he understood it. The only thing that God ever wanted from us is obedience to do what he's called us to do. Point number three, God is with you. God has a plan for you. God is strong in you. And God is with you. Verse 16. So he said to him, O my Lord, and he uses the word Adonai, which is the godly name, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you. By the way, the Hebrew there literally says, surely I am, comma, with you. Not I am with you. I am with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I want to read to you from Isaiah. Chapter 43. Verse 1 to the middle of verse 3. Please listen carefully. But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. If that doesn't make you happy, nothing will. We are His. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am, comma, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. The I am is with us. Please, please don't sell that understanding short. You know, we sometimes don't understand fully what it means for God to be the I Am. Exodus 3, verse 14, Moses is shaking in his boots. The Lord has told him to go to Israel and to talk to Pharaoh. Oh, by the way, that's the Pharaoh who kicked him out of Egypt 40 years ago 
And he says, oh, by the way, when I go to Pharaoh, when he asks me who sent you, what shall I say? God says, I am who I am. You tell Pharaoh, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. You know, I am in the Hebrew, I don't have time to do a, a grammar study. I don't have it in PowerPoint presentation. But the literal letters for I am can also be made to say I will be. And I was. And I am. Because the Hebrew word is a future collective, if you will. And it means that the presence of the Lord is here, there, and everywhere, past, present, future, up and down. The I am is the I will be. And this is who the I will be is, because I have to read it, because I couldn't memorize it, and it's too good not to say it. This is a God who is self-sufficient, self-existent, all-encompassing, without limitations, one being in the entire universe, not dependent on something or someone else. That's who the I am is. That's who the I am is. In John 8.58, Yeshua says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, I am. The I am has now become flesh and dwelt among us. This pastor that gave this message that I, I'm stealing this morning. <laughs> it's right, it's got my own spin on it. He said, this is the I am of the blank check. You see, it's I am and then you get to fill in the blank. I am what you need, when you need it, in whatever amount you need it. I am the rent check at the end of the month. I am the answer of prayers for your sick spouse. I am the protector of your wayward child. I am whatever you need me to be, whenever you need me to be it, in whatever form you need me to be, and whatever amount you need me to be. I am the I am, and that's who I am. Matthew 28, verse 20. This is the end of the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Don't raise your hands. How many of you are actually discipling someone? Just don't raise your hand. Here's my guess. Less than a third. And that's positive. And you know why we don't disciple someone? Because it's hard. Because we have to take time out because we have to risk rejection, because we have to have a plan. We have to be proactive. Matthew 28, 20 says this, after he gives the commandment to make disciples, I am, that's the I am with skin, by the way, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you. How often? Always. Even to the end of the age. He is never away from us. 
if there's a separation, it's we who are separated from Him. You see, my dear ones, all God ever wanted from us, all He wants from us now, and all He will ever want from us is an obedient heart and a humble spirit. An obedient heart and a humble spirit. Availability, not ability. And do you think that the God of all creation, the I Am, would commission you to do something that He hasn't prepared for you beforehand? No. So why is it? When, when the Lord says, you know what, Dennis, I have this plan for you. Why is it that Dennis sometimes says, well, let me pray about it? Pray about what? Whether God made a mistake or not? Or someone comes up to me and says, you know what? I heard you last week. You said that we need Shabbat school teachers. The Lord put it on my heart that I should be a Shabbat school teacher. I wonder if you would pray about that for me. No. Why not? The Lord tells you to do it? Yeah. Who said it? Get to stepping. Get to stepping. Dear Milani, you did such a wonderful job. And to all of... Yes, go ahead. And to all of Milani's young friends, some of whom may be believers in the Lord, some of whom may not be believers in the Lord. Yet, you can do it. Whatever the Lord asks you to do, you can do it. Because He's with you. He has a plan for you. He's strong in you. And if you can do it, you have an effect on someone else's life. And then they can do it. And they have an effect on someone else's life. And then John can do it. And then Mary can do it. And then Joseph can do it. And then all of Montgomery County youth can do it. God has a plan for us. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for everybody sitting in this sanctuary. The question is, is your self-esteem so low that you're going to question God's judgment? Can I remind you of something? I'm a mighty man of valor. And you all are marvelous creations. And if God says you're supposed to do something, you just trust Him. And as the prophet in the front row said, get to stepping. <laughs> Let's pray. Avinu Mokeno, our Father and our King. Your words about us are too marvelous to understand, yet they must be true because you said them. Just as you sent Gideon to defeat the Midianites as if he were fighting one man, and he succeeded in the power of your strength, so, Lord, would you send us into the battlefield of life that we might defeat the enemy as if he were one man. Give us courage to believe faith to act, and love to appreciate who you are 
and what you are in us. And I pray this in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen.